Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're going to be talking about feedback from episode two with our special guest from Source Pages, Haley Hobbs. All that right for this. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up, and I've already made around two, $300. You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earn from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SAVE to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SAVE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll, and with me today is our good friend, good friend of the podcast, Miss Haley Hobbs. How are you doing, Haley? I am having a fantastic Monday, so I'm doing great. That's awesome. Uh, I am also having a fantastic Monday, and I wanted to pull myself away to do this podcast because it's a weird week. It's July 4th weekend, and uh, uh, we've talked about this because, you know, for this and for Multiverse News, we're having to kind of change schedules around and such. Uh, but I'm out on the lake right now. Um, I'm like sitting by the lake at my girlfriend's lake house, parents' lake house. And like, there's definitely like sea dews passing by with people screaming and laughing. So (laughs) if, if you hear rumbling of ocean or lapping of waves or screams of patriots or whatever. (laughs) Patriots. (laughs) Uh, It's very picturesque. Like I'm super jealous. It is. It is really, really nice. Um, I did not grow up going to the lake or going to the water at all in any capacity. So this feels, it just feels really nice to be out here and just like, just, I'm going to sit in the water all day and drink, drink yeah. a few beers and ride on a boat. It just feels very, uh, idyllic. It's relaxing. It is. It is. And I don't do a lot of that. <laughs> Me either. We didn't like, I grew up next to the biggest lake in the state and we were not lake people either, but my aunt and uncle lived on a lake. So I just like was obsessed every time I got to go see them. Yeah, I, I had an aunt who had three different marriages while we were kids, and one of them was a lake guy. And so for yeah. that, that small window when she was married to that one uncle of mine, uh, we, were, we were out <laughs> at the lake. Number one, two, or three. <laughs> yeah, I think it was number two. It was the one in the middle. And like, so for that short period of time, it was like two or three years, we went to the lake a couple of times, but that was all. And so being out on the water has been interesting and just like, I don't know. As an adult, everyone else out here has been going their entire lives, so they all look, look like it's like a weird, there's a weird knowledge gap of like lake, lake yeah. etiquette and stuff. I'm like, I don't know what we're doing out on the lake. What do I do? 
I have vivid memories of my aunt, like when I was little, so they water skied and mm. I wanted to, I didn't, I don't know. I was like a fearful child maybe, or my mom made me a fearful child. I don't know which one is true, but I stepped onto like the boat at the, the deck at the end of the boat, you know? And yeah. oh my God, my aunt like ripped me a new one about being out there, not having a life jacket on. She oh, was a total yeah. safety Sam. It was, it's a very vivid memory I have. <laughs> I thank her for not letting me get chopped into the lake by the the motor and stuff yeah you don't want to get in into the motor that would that's yeah. bad i'm glad you survived and i'm glad she was there to take care of you but <laughs> me too she's the best <laughs> <laughs> but i'm sorry that it's such a core memory it sounds like it was uh, a little traumatic it is <laughs> i don't know why it is i think i was just like so terrified because she yelled at me she'd never yelled at me before. and i was like people please are Haley, so i didn't want to be yelled at by adults 100 yeah, percent. i feel that i feel that well all this lake talk is wonderful, and I'm I'm so glad you're here <laughs> to talk about the lake. But that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about secret Sadly invasion. No. Uh, we have a uh, you, you have not, but you, you were telling me uh, when we were recording for Multiverse News that you are loving this show. So tell me tell me about that. Like, what do you think? I love how much they are just totally keeping us guessing, keeping us in the dark. I think. Even if we think we know what's going on, we don't really know what's going on. We just know, like, the shell, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Not even totally sure we know that much. And so I'm not, like, WandaVision-level obsessed with this show, because that's pretty mm. high, tall order. Yeah, but that. it's so good, and it's so well done. And I've missed this feeling in the MCU, this groundedness. It's kind of back to basics. I'm loving it so much. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting mix, because it's get grounded it's got a grounded feeling that reminds us all of Winter Soldier, of course. Um, right. As we've said many times on the show, and, and I've heard... Especially second episode, though. Yes, 100%. <laughs> um, but it also is so fantastical in that it is about space and it is about these, you know, space right. creatures. <laughs> yeah, it's about aliens. It's an alien invasion. So it's like a weird balance of, like, grounded tone while being still pretty fantastical. So... I am I'm pumped about it. Kind of like Independence Day in mm. that vein. Like that's a movie about well, we know, America. America. <laughs> Very timely reference. But then here's, you know, young baby Will Smith in the middle of the desert with a freaking alien. It's crazy. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. I see that. I see that. I see that. Um well, I'm pumped. I can't wait for the next episode. But in the meantime, we should talk about these uh, people's feedback that have sent in feedback this week. Yes. People or scrolls, we don't discriminate. Yeah, no, no discrimination here. Whatever, whatever <laughs> your uh, skin tone may be, uh, green or otherwise. Um, <laughs> let's see. We've got, a, a, we've got a bunch of patrons sent in feedback this week. Thank you, guys. A lot of patrons. Um, thank you Woo-hoo. so much for all the patron feedback. That, that just uh, makes my heart warm. Up first, we got Jordan Boyd, one of our patrons, uh, says, Hey, Matt, Jeff, and Ash, uh, Secret Invasion feedback follows. Just rewatch the first episode in prep for the second. Maybe this will be answered in the second. Notice when the scrolls are brain draining that guy after putting him in that pod, it flashes to the roof and someone is watching through the frosted windows. They are blurred. The outline kind of looks like Fury. Any guesses on who it could be? Does Fury already know where the base is? And 
their rebel scrolls within the rebel scrolls wait <laughs> and their rebel scrolls within the rebel scrolls okay uh scrollception <laughs> scrollception absolutely supporter for life uh leaders gators jordan thank you jordan i think that's just graphic isn't it is, is it graphic looking in from the ceiling that's who i've always assumed it was you know for two whole weeks okay gotcha that makes sense to me. Because, like, he's watching Gaia come in, and the, he's watching the new transformation take place. Right. And then doesn't it cut to him a, a moment later or something like that? Like, it's sort of the, sort of like the transitional shot, maybe, that, that shot of him up yeah. at the rooftop to be like, oh, this is going on, co like, uh, coinciding with this other scene. Showing him in, like, an ominous light. Yeah, for sure. This is, like, sort of a weird, offstandish cult leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's all it is. Um, I don't think it's Fury because it would be very strange if Fury was hanging out at the irradiated base of the scrolls, right? Just walking around. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> he's a scroll too. Yeah, well, it's, it's not even just because of the irradiation, but also like he doesn't know where their base is, so it just feels like a weird, a big leap uh, to yeah. for them to go there all of a sudden. But. Yeah, I think it's Gravik. I think it's just uh, Gravik looking on to his handiwork that is this group. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's all of us just like looking over our shoulder like, but is that who they say they are? And did I really remember that correctly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's in all of our heads. We're all paranoid <laughs> as hell. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, up next, Guy Paradis says, Hello, pandas. You helped a lot in my life without knowing it. Um, I'm an addict, not to drugs and alcohol or anything in particular. I'm actually an addict of stimulation of any kind and cannot shut myself down for two minutes. I always have to do something which is not good. Uh, you guys helped me a lot bringing one of my passion, the MCU, and developed it in a good way. Uh, listened to your shows Feels like I've been uh, talking Marvel stuff with friends and bringing theoretical stuffs uh, forward, which none of my friends or family know as much as me on the subject. So really fun. Thanks again, guys. Okay. I wanted to bring a theory for Secret Invasion. More of an idea that could be really exciting as extra post credit scene. What if, by the end... You see a scroll and a human without seeing their faces, and the human says, So what can you tell me about them? And the scroll slowly shifts skins and become blue, making you think that Mystique has been infiltrating them. In my opinion, that would be amazing to bring the first sight of the X-Men mutants into the MCU. Uh, thanks, guys. Love the U3000. Keep up the good work. Hey, thank you so much, Guy. Um, and I, like, really identify with Guy here about uh, the upset, like, not obsession, addiction to stimulus and not being able to do things. I think it's different than that for me. At least the way I've always talked about it is my ADHD, like, constantly keeps my brain moving and bouncing around. Yeah. And the thing that I can do to calm it is listen to podcasts. And that's what I've been using them for for years is just, like, if I plug in a podcast and listen to it, my brain like call it's 
Not so much my brain calms down. It's just my brain is busy on the podcast, and so my physical body can move around the world and do things it needs to do. So, like, if I need to he- yeah. if I need to clean my house, I cannot do it if all I'm doing is focusing on cleaning my house. But if my brain is busy, then like, if my brain is stimulated by a podcast, then I totally uh, get a lot done. So, I think I connect with Guy in that same way. <laughs> Brains are weird. I'm like the opposite. If I get overstimulated quickly, like, which happens. It doesn't take a whole lot for me to get overstimulated. I just shut down. Oh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't thrive on it. It took a long time to realize it, but I really do get understimulated, which is a weird, it's a weird feeling to realize like, oh, the reason I'm not getting stuff done, the reason I feel like distracted or tired is because I don't have enough going on. Like there's not enough in my brain right now. <laughs> I need to like, yeah. I need to like put something in my brain to focus on so that the rest of my the rest of my consciousness can work independently of it somehow it's really strange all of the electrons have to be firing or neurons or, i don't know science like at the same time <laughs> what do we have in our brains i don't know, I don't know. something Maybe we have something in our brains cells cells <laughs> um but speaking of his theory what do you think of that? Uh, bringing in the X Men using the scrolls. Well, speaking of overstimulation, like I got overstimulated thinking about Mystique coming into the end of this show. I don't think it's really the right tone for the X Men to come in personally, but hmm, it could be very interesting. I hear that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I could definitely see it as a post credit scene for sure. But I think this show is seemingly wanting to really be focused on the thing that it is. And if it connects to anything, I re- I like like and, and and I don't want to be Mr. Like just keeps going back to my theory because that's kind of shitty of me as the host of this show. But like I just And yet. And yet I'm gonna do it. I just <laughs> feel like if it's gonna connect, it's gonna connect to the governmental stuff that's going on with Val and yeah. uh Thunderbolt Ross becoming president. Like I just feel like that's all the show is pointing to. If it's if it's going to connect at all. It could just be a one-off that talks about Fury and his connection to the scrolls, but have, starting out with Everett Ross really makes me feel like Val's coming. I agree. And I don't think introducing the X-Men in a post-credit would make fans super happy since that's such a beloved corner of the franchise. I've been saying since they acquired Fox, like I bet it's about 10 years till we see the X-Men like in a fully formed way. Um, I know they had like that throwaway line in Ms. Marvel, oh, yeah. but that's not the same as saying these are the X-Men. You know what I mean? Kevin Feige said early on when they got the X-Men, now a lot of things have shifted even very recently. So this may be not yeah. the plan anymore, but he said they were not going to introduce the X-Men for a while, but we would get mutants soon. And we've already mm-hmm. gotten mutants with Ms. Marvel and, like, I think that's their plan. I think that's the, the idea is to introduce the idea of mutants, introduce a few mutants, kind of sprinkle them through the universe, and then eventually they become a team, you know? Yeah, which is probably the best way to do it. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, it's the way they built the Avengers, and I think if you do that well... I mean, think about it. If you had a really great Cyclops movie, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. a character that, like... Not that Cyclops isn't beloved, but, like... He's almost mocked in the original, like with right. that bye 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 scene always stands out to me. It's just like <laughs> he, he, he they mock Scott a little bit as just like he's kind of a tool because he's not as cool as Wolverine. Yeah, he's kind of an ass, right? But what if you had like you know you have that same sort of rivalry in the Avengers when you've got like Tony and Cap and Thor yeah. fighting in the woods, but like you care about each of them individually. 
So it's not like you're just on one of them's side. And I think that was that was, that would be really powerful. If they bring Scott in as like, what if you had a badass Cyclops movie? And you're just like, this is so good. I love Cyclops. I love who he is. And then eventually you get a Wolverine movie and you like really like they, they have that same sort of rivalry, but you're like, man, I like both of them though for their own reasons, right. you know? No, like overstimulates me thinking about bringing the X-Men into the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> so not even just the way that uh, Guy brought it up, but just like the idea in general. Just in general. <laughs> I get that. Like, I love it. I want it. I just, like, my brain can't process how to do it. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's, it's not our job. There's somebody out there. No, thank God. Somebody out there better than us, hopefully, will be like tackling that job soon. <laughs> somebody who knows what's in our brains. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You guys know our brains well enough. Just make a thing. Make a thing that we'll love. <laughs> Okay, up next, Alyssa Jane Haynes, one of our patrons, says, Hi, Panda Bosses. <laughs> Sonia is like the R-rated version of Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter. Uh, that scene was intense. Really enjoying Secret Invasion so far and looking forward to watching all the pieces fall into place. Hopefully. As the series continues, love y'all 3000, Alyssa. You're more of the book reader than me. Uh, Dolores Umbridge is the one that was like, uh, she's like the president she, of the... She's the evil one sent from the ministry yeah. to Hogwarts, and she everybody hates Dolores Umbridge. She's the worst. Right, right. I, I do not hate Sonya at all. Like, no. I do get the vibe that Alyssa's talking about. Like, there's definitely a, a Dolores Umbridge vibe about her. Yeah, she's like all business, and she's not here to around <laughs> yeah and she's kind of like always tongue-in-cheek being sort of funny while like being sort of while cruel. cutting people's fingers yeah off. exactly like <laughs> I, I definitely see what Alyssa's talking about but i also just do not dislike sonya at all i love her i do too I, it's probably partially olivia coleman's delivery oh 100%. she's got kind of that sort of like clipped way of speaking um that umbridge sort of has in the films mm -hmm. too and like, hmm, well, all right then. Yes, you know, very she's posh. just like, yes, yeah, <laughs> and just like getting her shit done. I love her. She's such a badass. But who, is, like, who is she? What is she doing? I I think the I idea know. is she's a representative of another government, which she's a representative of the British. Well, government. yeah, but I think, but is she really? I think so. <laughs> like, I think she is supposed to be our on-screen representative of like why the other governments of the world are kind of putting pressure on America and on Fury specifically to like find out what's going on and why, the, why even America and Rhodey and this council have to kind of disavow Fury because he's being put all this pressure. So you need that, like you need that actual personal window. Cause th there's a big problem when sh sh these kinds of movies have like a big stakes thing and you don't really see someone who has that point of view. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, we always talk about it on daredevil where, you see, one of the things that's so great about Daredevil is you really get to know the neighborhood. Like, you get to know the uh, the people that just live in the bar, you know? Like, and you're like, yeah. oh, those are characters you care about. And so when the when the when the neighborhood is under threat, you're like, oh, it's not just the neighborhood. It's like those people sitting at the bar. They're humans. And I think it's sort of the same yeah. thing when you have this like, there are these politicians who all need to care about what America is doing with the scrolls and what Fury is, has done by creating this alliance with them. And they need to be like, I don't know. You just need to see a person care about that. And I think that Sonya is sort of a representation of that, I guess. 
I mean, I'm just like tinfoil hat Haley with this oh, show, for sure. and I'm like, I don't trust any of you. <laughs> but also, like, her political representative, her prime minister, is a scroll. So mm, she either is on the inside and she's been appointed by the prime minister scroll, which doesn't really make a lot of sense given what we know, or she's going to be in for like the flip of her life when she finds out her prime minister is a scroll. Yeah, no, that's a great call. Like if, oh man, I love it. I love the idea that like, she's going to be like looking for this problem, looking for the scroll issue and try to take it down. And all the while the person she's getting her, like, you know, um, mm-hmm. instructions from is a scroll. So she's like trying to fight fury at every, every turn because he's like, you know, bringing this scroll thing to their doorstep. And really she's the one that's actually like working for the scrolls and she doesn't even know it. I love that. Oh, she doesn't even know it. And she's just cutting people's fingers off. <laughs> yeah. I really like the idea that she doesn't know it. Cause when she does find it out, it's going to be vengeance, you know, she's so like self-assured and, um, she thinks she's got this shit in the bag yeah. and she's going to find out she does. She thinks she knows what's going on and that's what makes her like slightly dangerous. So I just love it. Yeah. Up next, Rachel Titsworth, one of our patrons says, Hey guys, in Secret Invasion episode two review cast, y'all speculated that Sam Jackson might have pulled from his own personal experience uh, when he was talking with Talos about riding the segregated train as a kid. And you were right. I just read this article where he talks about it. Apparently that entire story was directly from his life and not part of the script at all. I like that Marvel isn't afraid to tackle real world issues like Americans' problematic uh, ongoing issues around race. With this backstory in mind, I would be shocked if Fury is actually a scroll. I feel like it would cheapen his character and the nods to his experience as a black man in America, and hope that he is, in fact, the real Nick Fury throughout the whole series. I guess time will tell. Thanks for all the great content, Rachel. I totally agree that it would cheapen everything about Nick Fury if he was a scroll. Yeah, no, I do too. I do too. It was my first week's Red String Theory that he could be a scroll, and there were a few little, like, nods that could mean that, but, like, yeah, I don't think that anymore, especially after episode two. That scene on the train, um, for the reasons Rachel talks about, but also for the reasons that like he like he hides from the uh, people coming in instead of just transforming, which is what Talos does. You know, right? That story also is a lot in vain with the story he tells in the elevator with Captain America yes. in the Winter Soldier, where he. I don't know if you guys talked about that or not, but. As soon as he started telling that story, I was like, oh, he's got something up his sleeve because he did this in Winter Soldier. This is one of his tactics to try to make himself relatable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then all of a sudden twist the knife and be like, so tell me something I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so good. That scene is so good. It's so like, you know, he's using this like down home folksy story about his, his life and like a really hard, true story about his life. But then like, all right, now that we've connected on this level. Tell me something I don't know, Talos. Like, you're hiding something I don't know. And Talos has known him a long time and, like, sees what he's really doing here. He's not, um, I don't think Talos is, like, fooled by it in any way or, like, drawn in. He's just, he cares about his friend and wants to answer the question. His friend's, like, he sees that his friend is actually just saying, like, hey, I know there's something more to this. Tell me what is going on. And, uh, yeah, yeah, really, really wonderful. 
Yeah, they both just acted so well in that scene. Like you, like you said, Ben Mendelsohn, you can tell he's like not eating it up. He's not just falling over like, oh, really? And then falling into Fury's trap. He's just kind of sitting there like listening to his story. Kind of like you do with like a grandparent or something. You're like, mm-hmm, grandma, that's nice. Yeah. And then when the table turns, he's like on his guard already. Like, oh, I've told you everything. No, you haven't. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So good. Yeah, I just love it. I love it. This, these these two characters that know each other for a long time and like know each other's tricks. They've worked together and like neither of them are really fooled, but they're also just like speaking in the same kind of language and code that they always have. And I, it's, it's just really good. I really love that scene. Yeah. Tell me something I don't know. Do you think I'm veering off topic a little bit? So yeah. Fury, like, you know, they get upset with each other while Fury gets upset with Talos mostly. And He's like, oh, this is your stop. And he like, basically kicks him off the train. Mm-hmm. Did that feel intentional? Because it felt a little intentional to me. Hmm. Like, in what way? Intentional? Like, what you, what's your what's Like, your did he mean here? to get him off the train there? Was there a reason? Or was he truly just mad and kicking him off? Am I reading too much into absolutely everything that's going on in this show? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, definitely. Definitely you're reading too much into everything. But, I, I mean, I, I hear what stop. you're saying. It was, it was a... Uh, it was a moment. I just think that like there was supposed to be an actual moment of tension between them, and they didn't like he didn't want to hurt Talos or attack Talos or something or like imprison Talos, but like Talos is pissing him off pretty good, and like he's <laughs> yeah. committed a, a like what is probably a crime. Like Fury has brought this all home. You know, he like he's the one who trusted the scrolls and particularly Talos. Um, to kind of like keep this all under wraps and under control. And in the meanwhile, Talos brought millions of scrolls to Earth. Like, that's a, like, he doesn't want to hurt Talos because that's his friend, but like, and has been for 30 years. But like, Talos has done a thing that is like, put his whole world at risk, you know? Like, this is, yeah. The stakes of this are so intense. And I can't imagine, like, how can he, he can't imprison Talos because he trusts Talos that he, Talos is going to work on the right side of this, but like he also like can't really trust him either. Yeah. Like it's an intense moment. I think that was genuine. Okay. Thanks for setting me straight. <laughs> I'll put my tin hat to the side for now. No, but if, <laughs> if you've got a theory, like maybe there is something there I'm not seeing. No, I just thought, I, I think I'm just so like, off kilter from everything in the show that I'm just like, oh, yeah. what is that? Is that a moment? Is that a moment? And <laughs> probably most of them aren't. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's the thing. I love this show for that reason. It's got yeah. us all off kilter. I love it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back right after this. Up next, Timothy Castillo, uh, one of our patrons, says, hey, MCU guys. <laughs> I'm going to read that like sloth. Uh, Sorry, I don't know if you meant that like sloth. Um, This is one of the best hours of MCU I've seen in some time. Just the conversation between Rhodey and Fury was worth the episode. I am loving this series quite a bit, and I may have a bit of conversational take on the opening credit sequence. I like it a ton and think using AI for it was the way to go. It's unsettling. Nothing in it looks natural. Everything is not what it seems. And even the fact that AI was used to create instead of a person feels like a subversion. 
I am not in the camp of letting AI take over jobs, but I think it can to- it can be a tool used to create interesting things, and I would very much like to know who did work on the credit sequence, because I doubt <laughs> there was a graphic artist involved. Wait, I, gra- I doubt there was not a graphic artist involved. Uh, I use AI in my work as a dev, and I can say with certainty it's not replacing a human anytime soon, as much as some budget makers may like to hope. <laughs> anyway, what a bunch of punches in this episode. Marie Hill's mom, Rhodey, the freezer of suffering. Oh, the freezer of suffering. I was like, what was the freezer of suffering? <laughs> the freezer uh, of suffering. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> uh, the wife in sheep's clothing. Uh, what? <laughs> Clint's family was a surprise, and now Nick uh, has a secret wife. Uh, you know what they say, secret wife, secret life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good one, Tim. Um, uh, that's funny. <laughs> so is Talos dying in this next episode or episode four? <laughs> I don't think he's for this universe much longer, unfortunately. What do you Dang, think? He was like so funny, and then he really brought it down there at the end. Yeah, he did. Yeah, <laughs> Tim keeping it light, keeping it funny, and then when is our character, that our beloved character, dying? So, when do you think Talos is going to die, though? <laughs> well, real talk, Talos is dead, right? <laughs> I do think it is likely that Talos will die in the series because there's just so yeah. much set up for it. His daughter, it would be a really emotional punch of his for his daughter um, if he died. It's also he has created the situation in many ways um, by bringing millions of uh, scrolls here. So if the scrolls really do some terrible things, I mean, they already have, they already killed 2000 people. I believe they said, right. Like a lot of that is a result of, you know, his lies to fury and his uh, lack of sticking to the deal that they had. But like at the same time, I can't really, I don't really fault Taylor's for what he has done, but like it is definitely, put the earth at risk so if he doesn't have some comeuppance for it it'll it'll feel a little um empty so i think like i don't know thematically i feel like he is likely to pass in the series or at least like go through some terrible stuff yeah i don't know that he'll make it out of the series but i don't know that it'll be at the halfway mark now because that's this week is halfway um damn i can't be believe we're already halfway there big, i hate it. i know i'm so mad bad. about it <laughs> But if it stays this good, it's fine. So, would it be the big, you know, mid-show climactic thing? Maybe. However, in the trailers for the show, we see her back-to-back with somebody that we speculated on our first five minutes breakdown could have been Monica. But Mm. I think it's definitely Fury's wife now. Oh, yeah. Maybe Talos dies and Fury's wife, I think her name's Priscilla, Mm. will bring Gaia back. I know we don't know for sure. Do you think Fury knows his wife's a scroll? How did you so, take that scene? I thought, I've only seen it once, and I didn't have time to rewatch it today when you asked me. Um, I thought that she turned into her human form in the 1997 scene, but she doesn't, or we don't no, see her she do doesn't. it. So I'm guessing he doesn't know, which is awful. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Cause it, the way the scene fell for me, like I did not think she was keeping it a secret. It just felt like... I don't know. The reveal on top of the reveal felt strange. It did not feel like yeah. a big, like, oh no, Fury's in trouble. Um, but, I don't know. 
I guess Jeff convinced me. And so now I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. But wouldn't he know? Would he? So we see her bring baby Gravik. So he has to know who she is. He has to know her name. He has to know the sound of her right. voice. Their voices don't change. Well, don't they? Right? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Now I'm confusing myself. What? Yeah. I mean, I know Talos just doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. Ta- Talos <laughs> is like this one that like just like goes between... I think that voices can change because there are people who impersonate like other people for their whole lives or whatever, or for like, you know. But we've never seen that actually with the voices. Cause even, so I think back to Captain Marvel, the beach scene and they like Talos turns into a female surfer, but he still sounds like, okay, like, hey, this one's taken. Okay. I forgot that line. That's cool. So I don't know that we have ever seen them take somebody else's voice. Okay. I don't know. I really don't know. That's the only breadcrumb I have to cling on to. <laughs> I feel like they have to be able to take people's voices because we know they do sometimes completely impersonate people's lives. So th- at least we think that. I, I guess we don't actually know that because right now the only thing we know is like yeah. they're doing these terrorist attacks and they're impersonating people so those people get blamed, which does not require voice necessarily. Right, because like we see in the first episode, the one take the, the skinny white guy's body... Mm-hmm. But we don't know what the host sounds like, so we don't know if the scroll version sounds like him or himself. Exactly. So that's the only thing I can hold on to that, like, well, maybe he does know. But then, yeah, why turn into your human form? Maybe it's just more pleasing. I don't know. I don't that's what I said, and Jeff gave me shit about it. It's like, well, that's a shitty thing. If he it is. Like the way I don't way disagree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's like, it's kind of weird. Or maybe it's like she knows he's probably under surveillance, so she, I don't know. I could come up with some kooky shit, but I don't know. <laughs> my my headcanon for that was like, maybe she heard the door open and doesn't know it's him yet. Or like, doesn't know True. that he's not alone or something, you know? So like, maybe there's some there's something there, but like, not necessarily. It just feels a little like... Yeah. Uh, it feels like, it, it feels weird that she changes. It definitely feels weird. So like, I think, I think he doesn't know, which which is crazy as... Nick Fury not to know that. If he doesn't know and they can't steal people's voices, that loophole's going to make me a little mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that I've come up with it. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, somebody wrote in uh, on the live feedback on Wednesday night that they think she was wearing her wedding ring in the, in the 1997 scene, which would mean they were married way back then, which would seem like he would know all along. Just two years he married a squirrel? Like, yeah, two years is quick, but, like, I mean, it's it's not quick, I don't think, for people getting married. I think it's quick for, like, uh, someone to marry someone of a different species that they're just getting to trust the species. Then they have to, right. like, to trust the person. Like, it's a whole different levels. Yeah. There's levels to that, I guess. Yeah, that's kind of, <laughs> that's more along the lines I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, um, so, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know don't know i really want to know like again i think we'll know i think we'll know on wednesday i really do i can't wait mm. for wednesday yeah me too okay up next dylan frizina says uh, okay secret invasion episode two is everything <laughs> i honestly think gravik is the best marvel villain ever he's so unbelievably compelling olivia coleman holy god savage um <laughs> I still don't fully know where she stands in all of this, and I love that. I was convinced Don Cheadle was going to be a scroll, but I'm pretty sure 
He's not after this episode. That scene between him and Fury was a masterclass in spy thrilling writing. In terms of his wife, yes. It was suspect that she was Skrull before he arrived, and when he got there, she changed into human form, but I looked back, and I'm almost positive that the woman was introduced woman who was the woman who introduces Fury to Gravik in the beginning is the one and the same. I'm sorry, I read that terribly, but we're moving on. <laughs> uh, meaning, of course, that he'd know she was a scroll. All in all, I don't know what to think. Up is down, left is right. <laughs> I'm a scroll, you're a scroll. I haven't lost my mind like this about a Marvel property since Infinity War slash Endgame. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> it's in Fury's kitchen. If you want to go over there for dinner, he's got some. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can trust those, uh, those, you know, scroll hands that are fixing the meal. Not because they're <laughs> scroll hands, you know, no, no, no discrimination against the scrolls, but like, come on. She, we just don't know if she's on the level yet. I know. She's a tricky minx. Tricky, tricky minx. <laughs> <laughs> uh, up next, Sophie Glesson says, Hey, Matt, Jeff, Ashley, and whoever is on the podcast. Me. It goes for you. <laughs> it goes for you, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> Building on Nick Fury is a scroll theory, I think that we will find out that Nick Fury is a scroll and has been one for a long time at the end of the last episode. Then, during the Marvels, we know that information, we know that information and no one else. Then, in the Marvels, Captain Marvel, Monica Rambeau, and Miss Marvel find out and have to figure out what to do. I would love to hear your thoughts on my quick theory. Bye for now, Sophie. Thank you, Sophie. What do you think? I know we've already I, talked about we don't think yeah, it's a scroll. Yeah, I think no. Uh, I don't think the Marvels looks like that's what it's about at all. So for that yeah. reason, I say no. Yeah, th- th- I, I like the... See, I would love it if they were doing something like that, where it's like that intense and wrapped around itself, you know? Yeah. But I just don't see them doing that. I think like it would be a little too connected to the... Uh, um, well, and it would take away from like what we so think the sure. Marvels is really about. Too. Right, exactly. Like, I don't think the Marvels is going to be about them seeking out a scroll. Like, I just don't think that's it. Like, the scrolls are a small part of what yeah. the Marvels are facing. Do we know when the show is and the timeline? We don't. And there has been speculation about that on the show, but yeah, we don't know. Because in the Marvels trailer, Fury doesn't have a beard and stuff, does he? Mm, that's a good question. I do like the theory that, like, if Scroll isn't, if Scroll isn't, if Fury isn't a Scroll yet, he Scrolly. will be by the Marvels. <laughs> Nick Scrolly. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I I like the idea that like maybe he's not a Scroll now, but like whatever he goes through, maybe he dies in the series, whatever. But someone like someone else has to end up taking on the Fury mantle to keep the universe rolling like it should. Yeah. Something like that. Like so, maybe maybe the one we've seen in the Marvels looks a little different, acts a little different because it's not Nick Fury; it's a scroll. Yeah, unknown. Yeah, for sure. I'd be down with that though. It's kind of fun. Um, let's see. We'll do one more. Let's see one more. Kelly says, "Hey pandas, 
Just listen to the instant cast after Secret Invasion Episode 2. The show is amazing, and so many of your predictions so far are on point. During the cast, Matt and Jeff discussed if Fury knew if his wife was a scroll. I believe that she's the same scroll that introduced him to Gravik at the beginning of the episode. Um, I think he greets her as Lila. Um, I couldn't really make out the name after listening a few times. Uh, this would lead me to believe that he has known about her status all along. Uh, she also seems to be a part of the plan to use the scrolls as spies implying that she has worked with Fury for some time before the meeting at the start of the episode. I'm not sure where they are going next, which is one of the reasons I really love this show so far. I still am holding on to the theory that Talos might be working against Fury, so we will see if that pans out. Thanks for all you do. Love you 3000, Kelly. In the Collider recap, I read, read, they call her Priscilla. Priscilla. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Lilla. Like, maybe she said she thought she was yeah, Lilla. Yeah, I didn't even notice that, so who knows. I read it as Lila, but maybe maybe she's, maybe they say Lilla, which, or maybe they say Priscilla, but it sounds like Lilla. I have a question about their names, though. So, like, we have Talos, and we have Gaia, and, like, Brogan, which are all kind of, and Gravik, those are kind of, like, alien names. Then yeah. we have Priscilla, and then like the Indian head of state was Shirley, which I thought was really funny. And yeah. it's like, so are the ones that have these like American sounding names, were they born on Earth? Were they scrolls that were unborn when they got here? And so they mm. gave them, you know what I mean? It's kind of, there's this weird dichotomy between the two different kinds of names. I would say it's probably like any other immigrant, you know, like like the first generation maybe they start adopting human names maybe yeah. the second generation's a little more so yeah maybe that that is a sign of who is or isn't who is or isn't born on earth like i think that's probably likely but there also might be some that, like took human names because they moved here that happens in immigrant communities all the time mm -hmm. like yeah um like someone coming over here and like my name's jack now no your name is not was not originally jack and that's totally fine but like it's like not what you grew up with right um, like there's a lot of people that do that so maybe this i think it's probably just some mix of those things and then i wonder if it it is interesting to look at though because i wonder if it what it says about the characters and how they were raised if they have names that are based on scroll names i mean even gaia is like a human name like it's a it's a name for like a isn't it like the name for like the earth god or something like that yeah <laughs> like in in some lore i don't even know what lore yeah. that is i don't know it's just an interesting thing i guess like my idea of well if you were born here doesn't make sense because gaia was a child and priscilla was an adult oh i don't know yeah it, interesting yeah it could just be their sensibilities like you're saying like oh i'm gonna select Maybe she loves Elvis Presley, and that's why she chose Priscilla. Who knows? That would be neat. That would be really neat. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, at the end, we sit here, like, listening to some soul music or whatever. Like, it'd be yeah. neat if she's, like, listening to some uh, Elvis and, like, a scene coming, coming for, forward. I could you know? see Fury liking uh, him some Elvis. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, Elvis was an Alabama boy, right? Or he was a, I know he, Memphis is where, like, Mississippi. 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 Yeah, I was like, it's not Alabama. <laughs> it's too below Mississippi. Yeah, I knew it was close. Like, he, he spent some time in Alabama, but he didn't grow up yeah. here. Um, there's that, uh, <laughs> yeah. 
I, I got confused with real life and um, uh, Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Forrest, Forrest Gump isn't real life. <laughs> sorry, sorry. A lot of things are. So you I shattered confused. my reality. Love <laughs> <laughs> that um, So, what do you think of Kelly's theory that Talos is actively working against Fury? I've been sus of Talos since Gaia, quote, came back to him in the first episode. Um, hmm. I don't know what to think of him. I really mm. don't. Because he has that kind of weird conversation with her before they bomb the square where she says, Gravik knows you're coming. And he's like, how, did she, how does he know? Which I just thought was a weird thing to say. And then kind of the way he picked Fury up at the end of the bombing... But then the train conversation. Yeah, he's he's very ambiguous. Yeah. See, I think I he don't and Gaia are playing that. each other for sure. Hmm. See, I don't think he's ambiguous. I don't see him as a double agent at all. I think he's a really genuine dude who's like caught between worlds. Like I do think he's genuinely caught between worlds and he could make a decision at any point to like fight for the scrolls, but I think he's been genuine up till now. I hope so, because I just love his acting, and I love the way in that first episode they express like how much he's torn between these two sides of himself. Um, it's been really, really, really good. But I think that even, like you're saying, he's torn between these two worlds. That's him. That's an ambiguity. Like, he's, his loyalties are caught on both yeah. sides, and I think yeah, yeah. either thing, anything could make him hip either way at this point. I- I think that's true for sure, but as for like actively deceiving and uh, like making Fury, like 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 tricking Fury, I don't think so. He like actively I think, deceived him about a million scrolls on Earth. Well, mm, it's one of those things where like he didn't ask permission because well, it's also like it's Still it's fuzzy. Lie. <laughs> it's fuzzy. It's fuzzy. Well, like he never. Maybe they never talked about it. He like Fury's been gone, not answering his calls. Um. Well, that was in the nineties, though. Mm, what? No. I'm, no. 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 I, I don't. We don't know that. We don't know when the million came. I think the way that that conversation went down, it sounded like that happened during the snap. Like, which is one thing I'm curious about, because he says mm-hmm. you were gone. Like he says, like we we brought. We, we once I put the call out, they all came here, and he's like, "What do you mean they all came here?" And he's like, "Like you didn't you didn't ask me about this?" And he's like, "You were gone." And so, like, I think that, like, I think there were thousands on Earth, like they thought. And then during the snap, first off, there's a huge, like, hole in the population and a bunch of resources. And I think he went, hey, maybe now's the time to bring all our people home to Mm -hmm. a home. And, like, that makes a lot of sense. But then all those Earthlings came back, you know, like, suddenly there was this hole in the galaxy where, like, half the people disappeared. And maybe a bunch of scrolls came here and, like, fit into the lives of other people and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but then when the blip happened and they all came back, like what, what happens then, you know? And I think, I think that's what the story we're getting. Like, I wasn't sure when he told it, but he does say like, when he, when he questions him directly about it, he's like, I, you were gone. Like, how was I supposed to call you? And then when you came back, your feet barely hit earth. Like you went, you immediately abandoned us. And so, I think they just haven't had that. Like, I don't think he's lied to him as much as like, hasn't had a real conversation with him since he disappeared. So in the first episode, Maria Hill and Fury are having that conversation in the tavern place. And he's like, well, you called me back. And she says only at Talos's insistence. Yeah. 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 
And that line is very interesting to me because it's like, me too. well, why didn't Talos call Fury back? Yeah. Why did Maria have to do it when, when he hasn't responded to her, when he's ghosted her too? Mm-hmm. It's true. Well, and we don't know for sure that he ghosted uh, Talos. That's something he did right. to Maria. In that scene, She said, he says, like, you knew my number or something like that. And he's like, um, yeah, yeah. I I think, like, Talos, I think, my my headcanon, because I don't think it was very clear in the conversation, but my headcanon is that that all happened during the blip. And, like, he saw a big, like, big hole in the population and a bunch of resources on a planet. And he was like, hey, this is our chance to bring our people together. And he, like, consolidated the people onto earth but during that time they also kicked him off the council and took a bunch of power and so like he was like hey guys vulnerable planet over here this would be a great place to set up shop and be peacefully coexist with this these earthlings and then all the people on there were like peacefully coexist (laughs) there's millions of us and some of us are not like the peaceful coexist type some of us are here and ready for war and then you have someone like Gravik who's angry about all the abandonment and like leads these people against them. I, I love this show. I think it's so I good do so too. far. It <laughs> makes me think of so many other like interesting things that have been said. Um, well yeah. the Scroll Council, not all of them were super in favor but they felt, I think like we're saying about Talos, it didn't take much to tip them over to Gravik's side. Yeah. So that was interesting. Even though they're not in favor, they're still more loyal to their scroll council yeah. than they are to Earth. Yeah. Like, even if they're, like, make a split decision and some of them are like, well, like, we weren't planning on invading, but the council says so and we're right. scrolls and we're going to follow the scroll council. We're not going to, like, abandon our people for Earth, you know? Right. Like, Which is, like, totally what a population would do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you see it all the time when, like, a yeah. war starts in america when america starts a war everyone rallies around the there's like that you ever heard that like positive bump in the numbers for any president Mm -hmm. no matter no matter who the president is or no matter how badly they're disliked there's a bump in their numbers when we go to war because like there's this rally around the flag effect they call it yeah um and i think that that happens here it's like well we're starting the war doesn't matter two thousand people two thousand humans are dead the scrolls are going to get hated on for this like you better get get on board because they're gonna hate you. Like, and no scrolls trust the humans enough to like be out in the open, you know? Right. So right before we got on, they released like a thirty five second clip from the next episode. Oh, I haven't and seen it yet. It's not. I don't think it's a spoiler. It's what is what I'm gonna say from it. So it's Gravik and Talos having their meeting that he requested, and Gravik is kind of being a little like arrogant. I guess we'll say. Mm-hmm. The one surely set up. <laughs> <laughs> and Talos says, you don't know humans at all. And then Talos he says something says else. And I was like, this is going to be interesting because this is either cut. So we think, oh yeah, Talos is totally on our side of humans or something's going to happen later in the conversation. Well, and the thing is, they're both right. Like humans have capacity for great love and understanding and humans have the capacity for great terror and horror and violence. Um, I, I'm always reminded of that line, uh, from men in black. I I love when movies like that are kind of pop culture, like fun, have just like amazing lines in them. And there's that line that's like a human is smart. (laughs) Humans as a group are like panicky and intolerant and like whatever like it's just such a true such a truism and it's like you think about like i I think about that all the time like one human is smart 
a, a group of humans can be real dumb sometimes and real <laughs> like reactionary. And yeah. it's just like K taught me that from Men in Black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the legendary K. <laughs> the legendary K. When we see Maria Hill being brought back in the coffin, her mom is wearing a Marine Corps emblem on her jacket. Mm-hmm. Which I'm going to assume means that Maria Hill was in the Marines before she was in S.H.I.E.L.D., which makes Ooh. her a total badass. Yeah, it does. <laughs> in yeah, the does. opinion of a girl whose dad was a Marine. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Little, 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 uh, little bias, but you, 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 come, you come with some truth. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I know that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I did not catch that emblem because I am a man who comes from a family with very little military experience. <laughs> Uh, at least in, in, in any immediate fashion. Um, oh, I do uh, have... One, there's one last feedback here, and it's so short that I'm going to read it because it's so short, um, even though we're out of time here. Sherman Smith uh, wrote in said, Rhodey uh, chose the wrong side in Civil War, and he's making a bad decision again by being a government lackey and not helping Nick Fury. Ooh. What do you think of that? Well, I was going to say, this is one of the things I got earlier. I don't think Rhodey's a scroll because I would have thought that if he or the president were when they've been at the scroll council meeting. Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. Well, the scroll council is a different thing than the people who have gotten into power. So you could have someone who's the president of the United States, but they're like a low level scroll. You know, you'd think that they'd try to make them make those things line up as much as possible. And clearly they have, because most of these people on the scroll council are really high powered people in high powered positions. But uh, theoretically you could have scroll council, like maybe everyone on the UN is a scroll (laughs) (laughs) to, to cite an extreme example. But like, those are the, that's the one that's like actually, you know, on the scroll council. Like they're just two different governments. So it's possible, but it's like, and, and maybe it's that like, those ones we met were mostly like heads of state or major leaders. Right. Rhodey's just a bureaucrat, really, at this point. So maybe if Rhodey's a scroll, but the president being a scroll might not might be more of a stretch. Or right. maybe the president is a scroll, but he is more of a lackey scroll that they're like willing to give up at some point. You know? Which is why they're pinning it on America. Yeah. yeah exactly. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, to address Sherman's feedback, do we think he chose the wrong side? I think everyone's going to find out they're on the wrong side of Fury, and then they're all going to need him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they are yeah they are it's, it's like black widow said uh oh you're not gonna arrest me because you'll need me yeah, <laughs> that's right that's right that's right <laughs> all right now it's it's time for dinner here at the lake and okay. there are dogs that are freaking out because the shrimp boil is getting sounding tasty uh-huh. i don't know how much of a soundscape you guys got through this whole <laughs> podcast because i definitely there's definitely a lot of noise in this microphone because i'm recording outside at the lake because it's the only option I had, but uh, yeah, I hope uh, <laughs> hope hope it sounded okay. It's and been amazing. If... I've seen two dogs walk by. It's oh, really? Oh, back oh yeah. yeah. There's a little. When I got really nice. excited at one point, there was a dog behind <laughs> you. <laughs> I just thought you were happy to see me, Haley, but no, yeah, it was the dog. It was mostly the dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Haley. Uh, tell the people where they can find your podcast. Yeah, you can find source pages anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you want more Secret Invasion, we are covering the 2008 core storyline, issues one through eight, and we're going to do the 2022 storyline, issues one through five, both titled Secret Invasion. So we're just diving deep into the source material, and we'd love to have you. Yeah, check out source pages, everybody. And if you like this dynamic of the me and the Haley talking, check out (laughs) Multiverse News. Uh, We've had a really, like, 
I am so excited about multiverse news and like I've been excited because it's a show I've been enjoying and I feel like a lot of pandas and non-pandas alike are finding the show like we've had a lot of growth lately um the show has almost like doubled in size in like three weeks and so uh you guys like if you aren't on the multiverse news train yet go join um everywhere you get podcasts multiverse news and we just talk about the news of the week uh in geek and pop culture related things basically your source for information about all the fictional universes you love so we're gonna be talking about all that news so uh come join us over there and we'll be back soon uh we oh i should mention we probably will not i don't know if we're gonna do an instant reaction this week because uh because of the fourth of july it may just not be possible uh, uh for doing an instant reaction of secret invasion and if we don't we will likely still be on Wednesday night at 7.30 for our full review on, uh, on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv, 7.30 central. Uh, check us out there. Stranded Panda TV is the profile name. So check us out. Twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv. We'll be back soon, guys. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. And a special thanks to all of our subscribers at patreon.com slash mcucast. You make this show possible. And a huge shout out to both. That's right, there's two of them now. Illuminati tier patrons, Walter Kreisky III and Lieutenant Bongo. Thank you, guys. If you want to find all of our fine Stranded Panda podcasts, go to strandedpanda.com. And for a video version, check out youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you want to take part in our live streams, go to twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.